up everyone thanks for listening to episode four of the new york sports beat podcast my name is rich piazza you can find me on twitter at rich p fantasy and the show at sports beat ny we're going to talk new york mets today as we are just days away from the start of the 2021 mlb season it is supposed to be a full 162 games with fans in the stands albeit in limited capacity in some cities but real people in the stands nonetheless Special treat for you today. You won't have to listen to just my voice the entire time. We bring in Eric Frank, a Mets fan extraordinaire, if that's even a thing, a contributor to FantasyShed.com. Fantasy football fans need to check that out, as well as the other show, Fantasy Shed On Air. Yes, I am plugging myself right now. Eric, welcome, and thanks for jumping on today. And tell us where we can find you on Twitter. Uh, It's great to be here, Rich. Thanks for having me. And... uh... I'm really not even sure where to find me on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find him on Twitter at EDF underscore 1986. So you can understand why we have him on today based on that 1986 part. So that's where you can find yourself, Eric, if anyone asks again. All right. Thank you. No problem. That's the love for the Mets. You know, I, I don't know how I forgot that that was my Twitter handle. <laughs> so last season, a shortened pandemic season. Uh, The Mets finished last, well, tied for last with the Nationals in the NL East. The expectations are greater for this upcoming season, and they made some nice moves in the offseason, including the addition of Francisco Lindor, who I absolutely love and was really hoping that he he would end up in the Bronx, which he did not. Regardless, though, great job to the Mets to uh, get him, and I guess that's where we'll start, Eric. So where does Lindor, what does Lindor bring to this team? Lindor, he's he's the true star that this team needs. Um, he's going to be the face of the franchise. He brings energy. He brings leadership. And he's he just brings that youthfulness. But the youthfulness balanced with that leadership. The Mets have been searching for that leader. It seemed like a couple of years ago, Pete Alonso evolved and kind of became that because nobody else would. But then last year, he really had a tough season. And it's kind of hard to be that leader when you're struggling yourself. And then we had Dom Smith kind of take the role. And I think now bringing Francisco Lindor in, not only does it improve the lineup and the defense, but it really gives him control of the clubhouse and someone that the team can rally around. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's everything that you said. And he's, he's that energetic, he's a superstar and he's one of the best in the game. So I absolutely, like I said, as a Yankee fan, I was hoping he he would end up there. He did not, but yeah, that's that's a great addition for uh, the Mets. But with him, though, you have an in an off season coming up where you have a ton of options at shortstop: Javier Baez, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, who many believe will be a Yankee if not in the off season, perhaps at the deadline. Uh, Trevor Story, who I actually really like a lot as well. So there's no question that the Mets are trying to have him sign long-term. And I know as of right this second, as of this recording, Eric, he's not signed. I know he had, he did have dinner with Steve Cohen, but that has nothing um, 
An extension has not happened here. So long-term deal, how high should the Mets go? It's, t- it's a tough call. Um, like you said, there are so many options that are available, but I feel like the fact that this was the move that they made and they decided not to go out and spend in other places and they decided we're going to trade two of our shortstops, we're going to go after Lindor. To me, that's them saying, this is our guy. This is the guy that we want. And if I was the Mets and if that's the case, I mean, money should be not even in the discussion. There shouldn't even be a discussion about what the number is. I mean, he's going to get $300 million. The question is how many yeah. years and for how long. I mean, if it was up to me and money was no object, I would just say 10 years, $350 million, you're our guy. Um, I know that they're probably trying to go lower than that to like 325 or so, but the money that they didn't spend on um, George Springer, that should now be going to Lindor, Lindor because clearly he was the guy that they really wanted and they decided, you know, we're going to we're gonna trade these players to bring him in. I don't see them doing that for just one year and then moving to a different shortstop. Right, but it, it has to start with three, right? If you're negotiating with Lindor, it has to start with, with three, right? 100%. Yeah, I, I agree. But it, it's it's funny though that you mentioned Springer and 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 uh as far as the spending tree, because the Mets they were hoping or well, Mets fans were hoping for a big offseason spending spree, right? With Steve Cohen now there, the wealthiest owner in baseball, if not all of sports for that matter. So a lot of people were not satisfied with with what they did because they didn't spend the money that I guess Mets fans were expecting them. But in addition to Lindor, who they really didn't spend on, it was a trade, knowing they have to re-sign him, though. Um, I, I kind of like what they did. I mean, you mentioned Springer. They didn't get him. Bauer, they didn't get him, which I think maybe now Mets fans are, are happy that. Yeah, I think they we got <laughs> I mean, now he's got a, a Twitter beef going with Sinegar, which is pretty fun. Um, who else? Real, um, a Real Muto. I know a lot of people want him. They didn't get him, but you did get James McCann, who was a very good catcher, very underrated in my opinion. Carlos Carrasco, he came along with Lindor. He's expected back sometime in May. Kevin Pillar, Jonathan Villar, really nice, versatile bench players, as well as Suzanne Walker, Joey Lucchese, and uh, and Jordan uh, Yamada will hold things down until uh, Syndergaard comes back. So those are nice additions. Um, so aside from aside from Lindor. Which of those additions do you think will have the biggest impact on this team? Um, I, I'm going to definitely go with uh, with McCann. This team has needed a, a catcher. And Wilson Ramos did a pretty decent job with the bat, but his defense and catching was terrible. Um, I don't know what's going on with Jacob deGrom this year, if he's going to be pitching to Nito as his like catcher again, or if that's kind of, Let's move past that. But, you know, what, whatever DeGrom wants, he can have. If he wants to continue yeah. to pitch to Nito, then so be it. But I think McCann is – I think it was a reasonable contract. I know he doesn't have a huge track record like, you know, JT does. But he's the guy. I mean, four years, $40 million. It was a great investment. And I'm glad that Steve Cohen didn't come out and just decide to – purchase all these players because you know what would happen if they came here and they underperformed, it would be same old Mets, you know, everybody writing them off. 
and then they'd be stuck and on the hook for all this money. I think it's better that they spend some of it now and then next off season they add another piece that they want and you know so on every every year after that. It, it's not though. It's not like they didn't try. They had offers out, big offers out to Springer and to Bauer. They were right there with Bauer. In fact, at one point, Bauer was supposed to be a Met, I believe, for about an hour or so, and then uh, that changed. But you know, they had they had big offers out. They just wouldn't go that extra mile, I guess, to get them like Springer and Bauer. Right, and that's what happens. These agents are trying to use them now, knowing that their owner is the richest in baseball. Makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where Bauer, and this is a little bit, you know, a little bit off topic. I, I don't know if Bauer would have been a good fit for this team anyway. You know, even if they signed him and, and, and his contract that they offered him was actually was a lot more than what they're paying their ace in DeGrom. Right. And that, that definitely would have, uh, I mean, not that I, I don't think it would have been a problem with DeGrom, but it just, you know, to the Met fans too, knowing how good DeGrom is and how he's been here all this time, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a slap in the face in a way to the, uh, to the fans and to Grom who goes out there and is on a very reasonable contract right now. If you consider what other people are getting. Oh, absolutely. That's definitely a reasonable contract. That's definitely. And he is, is uh, he's actually, you know, he's probably the best pitcher in the game. I know um, I have this argument with others as well all the time between, you know, him and uh, you know, Gary Cole. And of course I'm a little biased on my end, of the Garrett Cole, then Mets fans are going to be biased on the ground. But I can honestly say that um, it is the ground. I think he is the best pitcher in the game, even though ESPN doesn't agree. I don't know if you saw that where they ranked him uh, as the sixth best overall player and they ranked Cole as the fifth best. Did you see that? Yes, I did. It's yeah. a joke. I didn't, I didn't hear the reason behind that, but yeah, no, it is a joke. It should be the ground for sure. Uh, speaking of the ground, I know from a Mets fan point of view, are you guys comfortable with the rotation that figures to be at least the start season of DeGrom, Stroman. I guess you have Walker, and then you'll probably have two of David Peterson, uh, or Lucchesi, or uh, Yamamoto. I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm totally yeah, you don't need to know his name because he's not, he's not going to be in the rotation. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This, I, is, this, is why, this is why I have you on, Eric. Right. Um, comfortable? Absolutely. I'm comfortable with that rotation. Um Am I disappointed that Carrasco is not starting the season? A hundred percent. But with DeGrom and Stroman at the top of the rotation, I think that Stroman's in for a big bounce back this year. Um, He wasn't what Met fans wanted when they acquired him at the trade deadline that year or just before. And uh, last year was kind of a, a bus with him deciding to, uh, to opt out. Mm-hmm. I think Walker's a nice addition and the two lefties, you know, Peterson did a great job last year for the Mets. He surprised a lot of people. And, you know, I don't know much about uh, Lucchese from uh, San Diego, but as a fifth starter, you could, you know, you could replace him pretty easily. They have, they definitely have depth. And the hope is that Noah comes back and, you know, Carrasco shouldn't be out too long. Yeah. And and if you look at you know, down the line, assuming – Everyone stays healthy, and then you get you get Syndergaard back, and and you have Carrasco back. That is a very very strong starting five right there. Um, all right, any concerns about Pete Alonso? I know he looks good this spring. He took a step back last year, so you have any concerns there? I don't. I don't read a lot into last year with a lot of things in baseball. You know, being such a short season, he was definitely pressing. Um, 
I think it kind of got into his head when he was struggling so much, but you know, it's, it's a positive that he's, he's doing so well right now. And I think maybe having a guy Lindor, like Lindor and Dom Smith last year, kind of coming into his own has kind of pushed Alonzo. I think maybe that could have caused him to press a little bit last year. Like here's this guy who, you know, I was replacing at first base and now he's kind of passing me by. So hopefully he's a little more relaxed, doesn't have to be that leader of the team and uh, can just do his thing. And, you know, teams, teams kind of, and pitchers figure you out after, after a season like he had his rookie year. Yeah. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute. You don't really think he's as good as Aaron Judge, do you? Well, I mean, he's healthy. We could start there. <laughs> okay. Fair um, enough. Aaron Judge is, you know, he's an excellent outfielder too. I mean, I, I'm surprised by some of the plays that guy, that guy can make in the field. But, you know, the injuries definitely are a problem with him. You know, but that's what's going to happen when you're like six foot seven and, you know, 300 pounds or whatever he is in the outfield. And you have the Yankee symbol on your chest because apparently nobody on that team can stay healthy ever. <laughs> So, yeah, for sure. I want to circle back for a minute. I missed this before, but I want to circle back to Lindor because um, I know a lot of topic I've seen on social media lately is is the lineup. And some say he should be uh, batting leadoff, batting second, batting third. Where do you think he should fit in, in this lineup? It's a tough question because they do have a lot of guys. I mean, I, it seems like I've seen lineups with Nimmo batting leadoff. I've seen lineups with um, McNeil at the top. Right. I'm really not sure what, what the lineup's going to look like. Um, I would like to see him batting like two or three personally. Mm-hmm. And then you move guys like, you know, Alonzo down and Dom Smith down, but it'll be interesting to see what they end up uh, deciding to go with. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with, with, with the Mets entire lineup as you obviously, but I think he'd be great in the number two spot, you know, as, as a switch hitter. You yep. know, and what he brings in, you do want to get him as most as, you know, the most as at bats as possible too. Right. And they have a lot of other, you know, big power hitters that they can move down in the lineup. I'd rather have those guys batting like, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, I agree. So we'll, we'll see what they do there. And of course I know, you know, it's a long season, so there's a chance he starts off someplace and then he, you know, was, you know, he's moved around during the season as well anyway. Right. Um, biggest weakness of this team. What do you think? Biggest weakness. Um, I don't know if you can call not having a DH a weakness, but I mean, that's, that's something I really wish this team had because I mean, I think naturally everybody will look at the bullpen as being the biggest weakness just because, you know, from year to year, you never know what the bullpens are going to be, but Mm -hmm. have having to play, Dom Smith in the outfield to have him in the lineup most of the time is, you know, it is a weakness. He did. He's done okay out there, but I would rather have a real outfielder out there. Third base, I think is going to work itself out with uh, JD and Guillerme. But um, I would, I would have to go with, you know, just the outfield still with having Dom Smith out there. You know, I really wish the DH was there and he could play first base primarily and have Alonzo DH. So we'll see. I mean, I do like some of the improvements that they made in the bullpen. Um, Trevor May was a nice addition early in the offseason. And then they brought in uh, Aaron Loop also. And they have returning guys, but you don't know what anybody's going to be from year to year. 
I don't know what's going on with this DH. What is taking this so long and why it's, it's such an issue right now. Just, I mean, it's, it seems like everybody wants it. Why not just, just, just make it official. It's ridiculous. Everybody loved having it. As far as I know, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I love the national league. I love watching the, you know, the pitchers hit and the the whole in-game management, but you know, it's, you have one league, they have guys that are primarily DHs and the other league is the complete opposite. You get to that ninth, that ninth hitter and it's like an automatic out for the most part. And that's why I think just my personal opinion, I think that's why maybe they had Garrett Cole ranked ahead of DeGrom is because is there's no, there's no pitcher, you know, pitchers aren't pitching to other pitchers in the American league. Right. So when you think about it, that's an easy three, four outs a game, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean that, I mean, if, if all things equal and that was the deciding factor, I could understand that, but I, I still don't think anything is all equal. I still think it's to Grom, but yeah, enough's enough. Get the DH in there. Um, all right. As we head down the stretch here of the show, I want you to finish the sentence. The Mets will make the playoffs. If, the Mets will make the playoffs if Jacob DeGrom stays healthy. So it's just on DeGrom. Uh, if he's, you know, if especially at the beginning of the year, um, if he stays healthy, they'll be in the playoffs. I guess that's fair. It's if he if he gets hurt, they're going to they're going to struggle. I mean, the offense is it. They're t- you're talking at least. I mean, they're a top five offense, probably top three in baseball, um, just top to bottom. And he's got to be healthy because everybody else then moves up a spot and you're going to have Stroman as your, as your one and Walker as your two, you know, and you, then you're waiting for Carrasco to come back. That That's going to be a problem. And the NL East is, it's a tough division. Yeah. You know, and the Braves are, I know a lot of people are picking the Mets to win it, but the Braves are still a very, very good team. And then you have, you know, other teams that are capable too. Miami surprised everybody last year. Yeah. I mean, well, and they also had a, a really, it was a, a sneaky good season considering it seemed like they were missing so many players due to COVID. Right. They, they, I mean, they, they weren't even playing in the beginning of the season, the whole team, because they were the reason that, you know, you felt the league was going to shut down. Right. So um, I want to, it's funny you mentioned it because I was about to mention Atlanta and Philly and stuff. So in that division, all right, Atlanta, Philly, Washington, and we just mentioned the Marlins. It's it's what everybody loves to do this time of year. I know you and I used to have this thing for many years where we would actually predict the entire baseball field, right, with all the playoffs and, and all that. We we stopped that because we realized that we really don't know anything and we're always wrong. Right. So give me <laughs> give me your prediction for where the Mets will finish in the division, what their record will be, and, of course, the bold prediction of their overall outcome. So I do think that the Mets will win the division. Wow. Okay. They will go 94 and 68. You think 94 wins is enough to win that division? I do because I think the the teams are just going to be battling each other and, you know, back and forth. And that's, it's going to be like, you're going to have three 90 win teams is what I think. Okay. No, that makes, that makes total sense. And what about for the, Overall outcome of the season. Overall outcome. I know that's hard to say because anything can happen in the playoffs, but right. Um, You know, I want to say that the Mets are going to win the World Series, but I mean, every fan is going to say that about their team. But Mm -hmm. realistically, and a step in the right direction to me, 
and something that I would be okay with as much as it would kill me was I think they're going to lose in the NLCS to the Dodgers in seven excruciating games. <laughs> All right. I, I, you know, what's out for the Padres, man. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know. the Dodgers have to watch out for the Padres. Too. They do. But I don't see, I don't see 94 wins seems reasonable. I don't know if, if that would be enough. See, I think they get a wild card. Okay. I don't know if it's the first or second wild card. I just, I don't think, I don't think they're at Atlanta's level yet. I just don't. But mm-hmm. of course, you know, you know, health always plays into it, into it. But I, I see them. I was going to actually give them uh, more wins than you, to be honest with you. I was going to say 96 wins. Oh, um, with one of the wild cards. And um, I can't say that they're going to be in the world series. Cause that would just not that go against everything I believe in. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, no, I think they'd get bounced at some point in the playoffs. Um, I don't know when, cause that really would depend on who, who they're playing and what round, but we'll, we'll see about that. Is there anything else you want to add? Cause that's all I got. Unless, you know, you have anything you want to add here. Uh, no, I, I really don't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that after everything that happened last year, I hope we, the season is more of a success. I'm glad that the fans are going to be back albeit a much smaller number, it's definitely much better for all sports watching more fans being in the, uh, the stadiums, even if it's just a small amount, hearing the real noise and see some reactions. It's so much better. It's so much better. I, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to go and it's not even COVID related. I just, it's the fact of just trying to get tickets, especially right now with, you know, with the low capacity, you know, 20%, it's like impossible. Right. But I mean, at some point, you know, in the summer, if it, you know, they open it up to more and it's, it's easily uh, accessible. I'm looking forward to getting back there. A hundred percent. All right. So um, that's going to do it for this. Eric, thank you so much for coming on and talking Metro me. Um, Thanks again for having me. I did. I really didn't want to do an episode on the Metro by myself. Um, We will have Eric back on soon. Maybe even this week because we have to, get into Jets and Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson and all that, and that's going to probably be a very passionate show, Eric, I think, for both of us. Yeah, I, I would I would think so. So looking forward to that. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. This way you can get an alert on when that one is launched. That's going to do it for here. Be sure to follow at SportsBNY and Rich P Fantasy, and even Eric doesn't know his, but at EDF underscore 1986. I do know it now. <laughs> so make sure you follow along and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. We'll talk soon.